0: to Make Money Count. My name is Matthew Scanlon. You may not know me, my face. I'm usually behind the camera producing the show. Today, I'm in front of it with my two bestest friends in the world, Justin Turner, Marcus Tavares. Today, we're going to be talking about inflation. Where do we see interest rates going? What is inflation and how it affects us? day-to-day uh marcus has got some great notes here uh, there's been a lot of publishings out on the uh the internet and and the news about where interest rates and inflation is go- uh, where it's going to go how it's going to affect us bank of canada said something this week i believe right everybody's saying something matt mm. everybody's saying
1: something so this is what we're gonna talk about today matt i love it when you do the intros and it's great to have you here like with us, on right? the Sitting other down. side of things yeah you may actually make Justin look skiddy. So <laughs> here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. Today, we're, today we're going to talk about not just inflation, but we're going to try to address what the bond market and what the Canadian banks are telling us about what's happening with interest rates. Okay. Now, by all accounts, the bond market is telling us that interest rates are going to rise in 2022. And all the economists, all the forecasts at all of Canada's major banks are saying they're going to increase as well. Some people are saying, as far as the economists at the banks, some people think we could see six 25 basis point increases to the overnight rate in 2022. And then a continued increase in 2023. The bond market, what it's telegraphing to us is like four to five 25 basis point increases in 2022. And then further increases in 2023. Bond markets also pricing in decreases in 2024 and 2025, which is something I want to talk a little bit about in our show. And it's also one of the reasons why I feel as though interest interest rates are not going to increase at the pace that is expected. Mm there we're not going to see this massive fast and furious increases and there's a couple of reasons for it and we're going to get or into all or if they
0: of them. do there there's a price that it's going to go back down they're pricing that it will go correct itself exactly so before we start like getting
1: into the nitty-gritty of why i do not think interest rates are going to rise as quickly as everybody else does let's let's build a foundation of knowledge so that we're all kind of on the same page okay? absolutely so we're going to reference a couple things in this we're going to reference Bond yields, okay? So Vlad's going to bring up bond yields. I'm going to just grab my computer. Vlad, if you could bring up bond yields for me on the screen here. I'm going to pull it up on my computer. Okay. So bond yields. Bond yield means it's like a. you got to think of the bond yield as like a temperature. So bond yields go up and bond yields go down, okay? When bond yields go down, it's the anticipation that the economy will require lower interest rates, okay? Because the bond market is saying to you that we are gonna require less of a yield to put our money into these bonds, right? More people are buying them, you need to pay them less to buy them. So you need to, you need to give them less of a return because it's more of a flight to safety, so you see these yields drop when bond yields increase it's the opposite we're expecting the economy is going to pick up steam interest rates are going to have to rise mortgage rates are tied to bond yields okay when bond yields go up mortgage rates go up when bond yields go down mortgage rates go down i just pulled up a little chart here and hopefully you can see it but even if you can't it's on the screen behind me with this technology that we have which looks really cool um so in the end of november With all of the Fed speak that we were seeing and all of the communication about inflation was becoming from transitory to becoming more of a mainstay, I mean, we're definitely seeing inflation. Our bond yields were at close to 1.6% on the five-year fixed, right? on the five-year bond yield, Government Canada bond yield, which is what we priced the five-year fixed rate mortgage at. Since then, yesterday, they were lower. Today, they're at 1.28%. So we've seen a dramatic drop in bond yields. Justin, have you seen a dramatic decrease in mortgage rates
0: since that time? The, the only thing I'm seeing in, in, in mortgage rates is a dramatic increase. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, no okay. decrease.
1: So there's a reason for that, right? Uh, what the banks do is they are obviously very quick to increase mortgage rates when they see bond yields go up. And they're a little bit slower to decrease mortgage rates when bond yields drop. But bond yields are going to be a core piece of what we're going to talk about today, okay? The next thing we're going to talk about today is the overnight rate. I'm going to pull that up here now. The overnight rate is the rate to end all rates. The rate that the Bank of Canada sets. So when the economy looks like it's going to do really, really well the Bank of Canada increases the overnight rate. When the economy looks like it's not doing so well, they decrease the overnight rate. When COVID hit us, the Bank of Canada dropped the overnight rate to 0.25%. There were some people that were saying they might go to 0%. Have you ever seen a 0.25% prime no, rate? No, right am same age as you. Like, but we're like always the same age. <laughs> <you> <laughs> no, like? I'm just
0: saying. No, There was I've a considerable never, amount of my seen, life that I wasn't paying attention.
1: I've, not, I've never, it has not happened. This is the lowest interest rate environment that, I think that our country has ever seen since its inception. Also, you're a lot older than me. I'm not that much older (laughs) than me. Okay. So uh, you see here the overnight rate. Okay, Vlad, you can cut back. We can take this off the screen for now. So those are the two things that I want to start off as like, just to kind of build our foundation for what we're talking about, right? The overnight rate is going to go up because the Bank of Canada realizes that we have inflation, but the Bank of Canada is not guided by the bond market, and it is not guided by what the economists at the major banks are saying. And you should understand all of the factors that are at play if you're going to make a decision as to what you're going to do on your mortgage. And here's what I mean. So TD Bank, Bank of Montreal, Scotia Bank, National Bank, all of them are expecting four 25 basis point increases to six. 25 basis point increases at Royal bank inclusive. I mean, listen, there's six banks in Canada, including national. If you include national as one of the six, uh, uh, sorry, usually people say top five, top six, including national, all of them are expecting at least four base, four 25 basis point increases, minimum 25. So you're saying like a full point over the course of one year, beginning in April. Okay. Okay. I think that if I think that the bank of Canada isn't thinking the same way. And there's some stuff that's come out. There's a recent communication from the Bank of Canada that I'm going to read to you. This came out last week. And flat, put it up on the screen. So, this is so their most recent um monetary policy communication that they sent out. Um they're maintaining their guidance on the overnight rate on a go-forward basis. Um CPI inflation is elevated and the impact of global supply constraints is feeding through a broader range of goods prices. The effects of these constraints on prices will likely take some time to work their way through, given existing supply backlogs. Gasoline prices, which had been a major factor in pushing up CPI inflation, have recently declined. And Meanwhile, core measures of inflation are little changed since September. The bank continues to expect CPI inflation to remain elevated in the first half of 2022, and then ease back down towards 2% in the second half of the year. The bank is closely watching inflation expectations and labor costs to ensure that the forces pushing up prices do not become embedded in ongoing inflation. You know what that tells me? Bank of Canada sees this inflation as still being transitory. And like we, we, could, we, we could speak for a little while about why the supply chain disruptions are increasing the cost of goods. We could speak for a while about, you know, how the fiscal stimulus has impacted people's ability to spend money because of the amount of money that's been injected into the economy and we will touch on those things a little bit. But what you need to glean from this is that the Bank of Canada is telling you, yeah, like we get it. Inflation's an issue. Inflation's an issue because people are seeing it right now. But the central banks of the world Also understand the amount of money that's been pumped into this economy from a worldwide perspective is so huge. And there are different players in the economy that are clamoring to take their little bit. And their little bit could range from pharmaceutical companies that are taking their little bit to sell vaccines. It could range even to companies within the supply chain, like shipping companies, who are inflating prices of containers to take their little bit in an environment where certain prices are forced to increase? Other people could just cite those price increases to inflate their prices and increase their profitability.
0: So, like, kind of like a, a bank might do, while the government says uh, maybe not, but the bank, the bank is looking for excuses to to re- raise rates, increase their profits. The, the government looks at it a, a little differently.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, the one thing I can tell you is that every single time that the central bank has increased the overnight rate in Canada, all the banks have followed suit. I cannot tell you that every single time they've decreased the overnight rate, all the banks have followed exactly,
0: suit. Exactly.
1: Like If you pay attention, TD Bank still has this bastardized version of a prime rate, which is like 15 basis points off everyone else's because one time they decided to only take 10 basis points. Yeah. 2.6. Yeah. So it's weird. Listen, I'm 100% telling you that unfortunately, and I, I don't want to break your bubble. Justin, close your ears for a second. The world is all run by profit. Absolutely. It's all profitability. Yeah.
0: I heard it still.
1: Oh no. I didn't want to disillusion you, Justin. Okay. So this statement from the Bank of Canada should give us some idea as to what they're thinking. Now, since we know that increasing interest rates on in the Canadian economy isn't going to affect the supply chain disruptions. And that's basically what they're telling us there. What, what is the risk of increasing interest rates too quickly, which is what I'm cognizant of. That's the thing that, that kind of drives me the most to tell our, the borrowers, and our investors that we do not see this rapid ramp up of interest rate increases in Canada. I bond uh, market is expecting five, I would say we'd be lucky to see four. We would be lucky to see a one percentage point increase in the overnight rate in Canada. I think that we'll all be singing a bit of a different tune come the midpoint of 2022 when some of these supply chain disruptions have worked their way through. And I think that the reason why we will not see as many as are being called for is because it's too damn expensive. So, and this is, this is and, and it's it, like the mistake is too costly. So, over the past like two years since COVID kind of came in and took over, all around the world, we have been stimulating. We've been stimulating fiscal policy and monetary policy. Is this confusing for you, Justin, or you got this so far?
0: What the whole, I mean, it is a little bit of information overload all for right. me. I'm not a market kind of guy. Listen. Here's the next explanation. I just buy monetary
1: stocks. policy, fiscal policy. Go. Okay. So we what I was saying before is we've seen a lot of spending happening, right? A lot of money has been pumped into the economy. it's been done in two fashions. It's been done using monetary policy, which just means low interest rates, low overnight rate, of which the prime rate is then priced off of. And then we also saw. Bond, buy, like bond buying in the open market, mortgage buying by the Bank of Canada. Central Bank in the United States was doing the, the same thing. Like All around the world, central banks were spending money. They were spending their future money. They were decreasing interest rates, and they were taking things onto their balance sheet that nobody else would take so they could shore up liquidity in the financial system. That's monetary policy. Fiscal policy is government spending. And we saw a ton of it. I'm going to pull something up quickly on the screen here. This was the planned expenditures for during COVID. This is from the Canada.ca website. So it's a Government of Canada website. $275 billion, total projected spending for the calendar year 2020.
0: Wait, the whole country's budget or just COVID budget? COVID
1: budget, like wage subsidy, emergency business account. Now, when you first of all, there's some some estimates right now coming out that are saying that that could be more than double, the actual number could be more than double.
0: Oh, I, I wouldn't doubt that. And
1: then I pulled up here for you, Matt, because I know you love
0: this stuff. Yeah, this is the Canada's debt clock. Well, so just our- think about that. That that's yeah. that's that debt clock to that. It's a, it's a quarter of the debt clock.
1: Yeah, and what by some estimations we could have spent closer to a third, maybe even half. So we could have like we could have pumped in. Over 500 billion dollars worth of stimulus. So listen, I'm not this conversation is not about slagging the government about no. how much they spent on this. We okay? needed it. We can pull this down. Uh, whether we needed it or not, okay w- maybe the response to COVID that we had required the spending.: Yes, right? I don't know if COVID required it, but like maybe our response to COVID required our spending. but this is not the purpose of this uh, chat, okay? The purpose of this chat is just to explain. That we spent a lot of money restarting our economy, and the central bank and the government understand that. They also understand that if we increase interest rates too quickly now, we may have to spend more money restarting our economy. Like this dirty little secret of the bond market, the bond market is telling you right now they're going to see five five twenty five basis point increases in the overnight rate in the next year. Okay. But no one's talking about the fact that in 2024 and in 2025, the bond market is expecting the overnight rate and the prime rate to drop again. That means that if we are going to head into a recessionary period by, because the bond market believes we're going to overreact on interest rate increases, there's more spending that will be required. And don't think that this government spending is like this nebulous number. This is going to have to come out of your pockets. Okay, This is going to be a drag on the economy. So the reason why I don't think we're going to see interest rates spike up the way everyone thinks we're going to see them spike up is because it's too damn expensive to course correct if you make a mistake and you increase too quickly. right?
0: That's number one reason. Yeah, it could just tank this whole thing that they've been building.
1: Right. And which is going to cost more money, which is going to cost more of your money. Another reason why I don't think it's going to happen, which we just spoke about, is the Bank of Canada is telling you we don't think that increasing interest rates can affect the supply chain, which it won't.
0: Mm -hmm. Which is the cause of a lot of this inflation rate. For
1: sure, for sure. Another reason why I don't think we're going to see a real fast increase in interest rates is the last governor of the Bank of Canada, a guy named Stephen Polos, very smart guy. I had the privilege of watching him issue some of these monetary policy reports. He believes, and he stated this when he was the governor of the bank, he believes that because of how indebted Canadians are, A 25 basis point increase in the overnight rate and therefore the prime rate will have more of an impact today than it had yesterday, than it had the day before, than it had 10 years ago. And keep in mind, he said that four or five years ago when our debt levels were lower than what they are right now. So the more debt that an economy has, the more hypersensitive it is to an increase in interest rates. So again, I get it. People are scared about inflation. That's why in the last meeting of the Bank of Canada, when they issued a statement, the minister of finance sat next to the governor of the Bank of Canada. It was some weird press conference where she was trying to introduce a dual mandate for the Bank of Canada that wasn't a dual mandate for the Bank of Canada, where the Bank of Canada was going to solely focus on inflation, but also they were going to focus a little bit about employment and inclusivity in the employment market. It was like a like a politi- political showpiece, I suppose. But the reason why it's happening, like the reason why Joe Biden is talking about inflation in the United States is because people are feeling inflation, right? right? People are feeling it, but this inflation is being caused by people within the supply chain increasing profitability. It's being, it's being caused by certain disruptions today. And I don't believe that an increase in the overnight rate or... Rapid increases of the overnight rate will remedy that. And I do like the idea of waiting a period of time, like, you know, four to six months to see if these things work themselves out as the Bank of Canada is predicting. The other thing you got to keep in mind is we're citing this rapid runaway inflation on this basket of goods, but it's a year over year calculation. So we're calculating an increase over the previous year. And the previous year was abysmal. Yeah. Right. So to see another year-over-year increase would be alarming because we saw such rapid growth. But on a year-over-year basis, you should expect that we were going to see a rapid increase. It's the continuation of it that would be more concerning. This is another another good reason for it. Now, the other thing that I want to mention is there there are other ways that a bank of Canada, a bank, a central bank anywhere in the world, can affect the economy one of those ways is just by talking think about it right like we hear and see the bank of canada bank of canada comes out and says okay inflation's a problem strap yourself in yeah we are going to start raising interest rates you want to know what happens to the bond market bond yields spike mortgage rates go up people get worried news media starts talking about it but then it doesn't actually move well, listen, as a as the governor of the Bank of Canada, you can't just like do it too often, but you can start introducing it into your policy statements. It's kind of like the difference. They call it dovish or hawkish. When you're hawkish, you're like, you know, we're gonna increase interest rates. We're on top of inflation, the economy's overheating, hawkish. When you're dovish, you're saying, We've got to be accommodative, we gotta decrease interest rates, we gotta make sure we increase employment in our country. So they move to a more hawkish stance when they're talking, but they don't necessarily affect any monetary policy change. Another thing that's good to consider is the amount of stimulus that got injected into the economy outside of decreasing interest rates. So all of the the quantitative easing, if you will, that was happening in the marketplace. In the United States, the Atlanta Federal Reserve did a study on that where they came back and said that it amounted to about a 2% reduction in the overnight rate. So the Bank of Canada is now taking that off the table. That acts, again, as a hawkish stance, as a, as a, as a stance towards t- tamping down the economy, less accommodative than when it was before. Where do you see this all going? Okay, again, there's a cause and effect relationship. Right. Right. So I see it going different directions based on what happens. And there's a ton of data you got to pile through here. But mm-hmm. I would say you're going to see 325 basis but this is like I mean if this comes to fruition We have crazy.
0: to clip this out and yeah. play it. I see here. crystal 30, ball.
1: I see 35 375 325 basis point increases. So 75 basis points total um, stimulus remove from the Bank of Canada rate uh, next year. So that means we're gonna go from a 0.25% overnight rate to a 1% overnight rate. I think the banks will adopt all of it. So prime rate's gonna go from what 2.45 to 3.2. Today.
0: Um
1: yeah. Oof. See that math? Yeah. That's great. Is it is that right? Is this math 3.2, right?
0: yeah. 2.45 plus 0.75. Uh yes. See, Matt doesn't even know. He's yeah, just saying that's
1: yes. Right. Um, so I think you'll see a 3.2% um, prime, rate. prime rate, which means your best variable rate at that point is going to be two points. So what's the best five-year fixed rate right now as of the time of us?
0: 2.59? Well, the, no, sorry, for, for that's uninsurable. What
1: about insured? Insured best?
0: Uh, I think it's like 2.39, 2.29. Okay.
1: So let's say the best is 2.29. I think that you're going to, you're going to see enough increases in the overnight rate to at the end of next year to see a variable rate that is quite comparable to that fixed rate right i still like my my mortgage is still variable so is mine and i i do that because i don't know that after that 75 basis point stimulus or removal of stimulus that we can that we're going to go much higher Keep in mind, we weren't much higher before COVID. Yeah. Right? Like we, we, we didn't have, rates weren't that high prior. And the other thing I want you to keep no, in mind. No, that's why
0: they got so low, right? Like yeah, they had, they there go. wasn't much room. They had to drink, drop so low. They had no place to go but up. Now that's why that's everybody's talking about it.
1: So that is such a, such, a, such a critical point. The reason why the argument for increasing interest rates is so that you can decrease them. Hmm. Think about that, right? You don't want to have to go into a place where you're in negative rates. Uh, So what I was saying was, like, it's such a critical point. Because if we don't increase interest rates and we have to decrease interest rates again in the future, we're not going to have any gunpowder left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what we want to do is stockpile some of that gunpowder. It's something to be cognizant of if you're a central banker, right? You want to be able to say... We have room to drop rates. Imagine if COVID hit and we were sitting at a 0.25% overnight That's what I was saying. That's, right.
0: that, like, and that's what I, everybody said. Like, And Justin asked, a zero interest rate. Have you ever seen it? People were talking about a negative interest rate. It would take something like that, like us already sitting at such a low rate and then a major catastrophe happen. Yeah. Right? That would be the only reason for us to get that that low. But, I mean, there's no place for us to go but up, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that what we're really
1: talking about right now is if you are sitting at home and you're deciding between a variable rate and a fixed rate, again, it always comes down to your risk propensity, right? Um, but it's important to note that five-year fixed rate mortgages are more profitable for a bank than a variable rate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Five-year fixed rate mortgages are profitable because 75% of Canadians break their damn mortgages before the maturity. And fixed rate mortgages have big, juicy penalties, especially in a rising interest rate environment. And the bank is able to hedge off their risk on that, on that debt. So although I don't believe that there's that level of collusion, like I think economists are economists. I think that they're just giving you their forecasts on where interest rates are going to go. It does benefit them to spook you a little bit into taking a fixed rate. And I will not be spooked. Yeah. I'm, not- yeah. uh, I'm going to keep my variable rate. I'm going to hold on to it. I'm going to just roll with the economy as it goes. And uh, if we do see interest rates rise by 75 basis points, and then we see interest rates rise by another 50 basis points in 2023. And then we see interest rates rise by another 50 basis points in 2024, we will have a healthy economy. Usually, a bank, sorry, I'm gonna just finish this off. Usually, our central bank has six 25 basis point hikes consecutively. Like if you look back in the history, I don't think that, I I think that things have changed because of how much debt there is. And the final thing that I wanna say, which we should have done on that other show on the CHCH port of the show. Maybe we can add it back on there. The final thing I want to say is, you know who else has to pay interest at the interest rate that the Bank of Canada sets? Okay. Who else? The government. So the more interest rates rise, the more our debt then increases, and frankly, unless we want to increase our deficit, which is kind of the, the rate at which we spend more than we earn as a country on an annual go forward basis, unless we want to increase that too, we then have to cut back on some of our spending to allocate more of the country's capital to servicing its debt if interest rates rise. So, I mean, at home, you may be looking at it and saying like you got a million dollar mortgage. Well, Canada's got a one and a half. $1.2 trillion debt and 25 basis points times three really does carve into the amount of capital you have available to do other things when the overnight rate is increasing at that pace. So it's important to note that.
0: So I've got a question here for you because I mean, I have conversations with friends and and, and people all the time. uh, I thought me
1: and Justin were your best friends. Well, I mean, you guys are
0: much more educated on the topics than the other people that I talk up to. But, you know, there's there's a lot of fear mongering and everybody says, uh, I've heard heard more than once, uh, we're going to see a repeat of the 80s. We're going to see a repeat of the 80s with interest rates. And I just kind of want you to squash that why that wouldn't happen today.
1: Well, okay, so, I mean, I, listen, I, I don't know how much more educated, like I took this in school, right? But it's all practical, really. Um, so we did not have the level of consumer debt in the 80s that we have now, right? So the pronounced effect that an interest rate hike will have today is different from the effect that it had in the 80s. Mm. And it was the late '80s, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to pull up a chart, but I don't know if I can access it too quickly. So I would say that um, we're, one reason is that a uh, uh, less of a hike has more of an effect. Another reason is, is there's such a huge percentage of our economy reliant on housing right now that if we saw a rapid increase in interest rates it would have such a killer effect on housing which would just be catastrophic for our gdp and that could be something that would be as a country very difficult to get back on track from i think that like the the ways in which we have been stimulating our economy throughout this period although incredibly accommodative have been more knee jerk than strategic so because we're not spending money on fostering innovation and technology the way we should be, it's only with that level of, of economic and technical advancement that a government has to invest in that. It can't just dole out a Canadian employment wage subsidy where every company that reduced their revenue gets... Seventy-five percent of their payroll paid, regardless of whether they're a bank or a, you know, a, you know, a company that can certainly afford to withstand. Um, it's not a knee-jerk reaction spending, right? It's more of a calculated spending, and I don't think that we've seen that. Uh, certainly not in the last two years, but probably even prior. I also think that the way the Canadian government behaves and the way our really large companies in Canada behave, working alongside and lobbying our Canadian government might also have an impact on how smaller companies kind of grow and expand and and increase the size of our economy, thereby increasing the size of our economy and the diversification of our economy, right? So... I worry that because we're maybe didn't spend money in the right places, we won't see the economic growth that we think a lot of our growth is dependent upon housing. If we kill the housing market, I don't know what else pops up. Like Canada has resources and housing and it has services that it sells to the United States when our dollar gets weak. So what would have to happen? We'd have to weaken our dollar in order to sell more services and goods to the United States as their economy gets stronger And that might help us recover from a massive housing crisis as a result of rapidly increasing interest rates. Economy, again, it's always cause and effect relationships, right? Um, So the reason why I don't think, I mean, it could happen. We could see a policy decision that leads to a massive spike in interest rates that kills the housing market, that results in a very weak dollar. That would be like a 10 to 15 year recession, in my opinion
0: listening to you say that now, Marcus, it's like, it's not so much fear mongering, like you explaining it, it. There's, there's a reason why it could happen. like, I've never thought I could hear you say it could happen.
1: Anything could happen, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Anything could happen.
0: I usually hear that from you in a more positive aspect, but uh, the, the, if you see a repeat of the eighties the and in interest rates, and I, I don't know. I mean, you like you're right. Uh, 10 to 15 year recovery through uh, recession. Listen,
1: I, I think what you're seeing from the Bank of Canada right now is different from what you're seeing in the bond market.
0: Yes. Right. Yeah. I
1: think you're seeing a Bank of Canada that's taking a position that these supply chain imbalances and these price shocks are in fact temporary. I think that what's happening, and this happens all the time, is that the general population becomes alarmed about something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right now, the general population is alarmed about the increase in prices. The general population has only one place to point, and it is the central bank. You've overstimulated the economy. You've decreased interest rates to too too much of a level. You've done too much. You've engaged in too much monetary stimulus. The problem there is, is that if in fact that is not the tool to fix the problem, it doesn't matter at a certain point because governments need to get elected. That's why the Minister of Finance sat next to the governor of the central bank. People are pissed off. Right? We already saw gas prices drop back down. I believe that what might need to happen is the companies that are involved in these supply chain imbalances, and I think one of the one of the culprits here is the shipping industry. I think that these companies We'll start to feel some pressure. I think when that happens, you're going to see prices fall back down. I also think that some of this pressure is definitely a result of the fiscal stimulus, of the amount of people that were receiving a huge amount of free money. But that money has come out of the market now. It's coming, yeah. it's coming yeah. out of the system. Excuse me. Well, when it comes out of the system like that, it takes a little bit of time. But demand drops, supply still there, prices come down. So we're going to see a change. We saw a rapid spike in inflation. Yes. It's scary. Yes. People are worried. Yes. But if we see that come off without an increase in interest rates, which I think is what we're going to see, then we're going to realize that maybe interest rates aren't the tool to effectively manage the supply chain disruptions and the outcry from the general population. When it comes back down to it, stay variable, hold on to your seats and stay variable or lock into a fixed rate, but don't do it right now because the the margin we, like we already saw that we showed that bond yield chart. We already saw such a drop in bond, sorry, such a drop in bond yields that has not yet translated over to the five-year fixed rate product. So wait for the five-year fixed rate product to drop a little more. I think you can probably get another 25 basis points off that five-year fixed rate product. I think that if we see another commentary from the Bank of Canada, which we probably will, where the Bank of Canada is saying like, we're still not concerned. We're obviously a little worried about inflation because they got to talk it down. But I think that the longer the Bank of Canada fails to act in lockstep with the expectation of the bond market, the more likely we are to see a drop in the five-year fixed rate. So how about this? This is what I'll say. If we're going to sum it up with one statement. Variable rate mortgages are going to increase next year. If you're worried about it, you should probably lock into a five-year fixed rate. But I will bet you that you can get a better five-year fixed rate than what's on the market today in the next three months. I like it. So maybe you take a variable for the next three months and you work with someone at Connect and we help you lock in. Mm -hmm.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. Uh, If you stuck around, if you listen to this part, that means you've probably left CHCH or you listen to our show regularly on our other platforms. Uh, Thank you. Thank you very much. It really means a lot. We see the comments, the questions, the subscribers. Uh, we see it all come in, the emails, the phone calls. Uh, just about like like one third of the people that contact us watch the show mm-hmm. uh, in one mm-hmm. form or another. So thank you very much. It's been a great year getting us up to this point. Uh, uh, thank you very much to YouTube for your day today. And uh, make sure to check out makemoneycount.com for, for the rest of our episodes and uh, to find out what's going on behind the scenes. Take care. bye bye-bye, bye-bye. Bye.